Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 71 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello. This time, we read our fourth sequel on the show, uh, the long-awaited Moon People 2, Who's Mars... waiting for this? Uh, listener Daniel Kennedy, okay. and several other people, all right. actually. Well, all right. Uh, the long-awaited Moon People 2, Mars Reborn, by Dale M. Courtney. Uh, this is a very old suggestion from aforementioned listener Daniel Kennedy, who also requested that we read the original Moon People, which we did... I don't know, five years ago, four, almost five years ago. Um, if you're still listening out there in the vastness of space, Daniel, this is for you. I <laughs> <laughs> got uh, sent to Mars after we microwaved it. Yeah. Plopped it in the microwave for three minutes and turns out... Turns out you get a moon people too when yeah. that happens. Uh, so if this is your first time listening to the Terrible Book Club, what we do here on the show is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of those three. Uh, so we read books that we would never just pick up, you know, if we were in a bookstore or browsing through Amazon. Uh, usually this experiment results in a disappointing read, but once in a while we do end up liking the book. Um, this time for content warnings, nothing really like we have our usual barnyard language on the show. This is not generally a, a safe for work or children show. Uh, but this oh, book, please, I hope there's no children listening to this. God, I don't know. After that last email we got, I'm a little concerned. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today, yeah, we've we've got like the mildest sex and violence. And uh, I guess if you're terrified of the no horror, no spiciness whatsoever. No. This is the mild salsa, the store brand that has just like some. It's basically tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's just tomato sauce. They tell you it's mild, but like there's actually no spice in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you're terrified of the horrors of space, there's really no content warnings. I mean, they talk. Even then, it's generally everyone's pretty stoked to be out yeah, there. Yeah, like there's so. some mention of guns, but like nothing really happened. Like this book. Anyway, so it's a pretty, it's a fairly clean episode, let's say. Yes. Uh, so, hmm. Um, this is the, this is the summary for the book, uh, provided. Uh, anywhere you can find the book online, whether it's Goodreads or Amazon or what have you. It's quite long, so please bear with me. This story is about the space adventures of First Science Officer Captain David Bramer and his transition from the Lunar Base 1 base station to his new home, the Paulians traded them, called the Aurora, a spaceship that looks like a moon, also called as Goddess of the Dawn. It is 10 kilometers in diameter and with light speed capability. Period. That's a sentence. Yeah, Chris, you need to interject with the periods, please. It's the size of a small city. Period. It has everything a small city would like would ha- would have like two hospitals and restaurants and shopping malls all over the ship. There's a okay. I'm not going to keep doing. Okay. This period. Thing, Captain Bramer also has a romantic attachment to a young lady by the name of Lieutenant Heather Courtney, who is an officer's aide. 
You just said she was a lieutenant. Anyway, they have a few out of the ordinary experiences that they do not forget anytime soon, and our new friends, the Paulines, have advanced us centuries ahead of our time. They also traded us for five of their newest ships in their space fleet, all with light speed capability, with all of their weapons intact. They traded us Hold for on. all. No, no, just to, it's not intact. It is I N space T A C K E D intact. Correct. They traded us for all kinds of their gadgetries and even some of their food. That's what they do. They go all over the galaxy <laughs> looking for friends and ultimate knowledge and trade with everyone they can find. Commander Bramer. Oh, he's now a commander. This is a book summary, also, everybody. This yeah. Is the... Commander Bramer. He was just first science officer. Now he's commander, I guess. Also has a mission to do a genesis on Mars that turns out surprisingly good with a few added benefits. Do a genesis. Yeah. Do a genesis. <laughs> I did a second genesis <laughs> on Mars. I did a genesis. Yeah. One of the benefits was discovering a lot of Martian people and animals in a Noah Ark kind of setup that has been frozen for over 100,000 years in life support chambers. They were all brought back to life again. There were many discoveries, not to mention all the futuristic weapons they find, with the aircraft all superior to anything at present by anyone. And nobody expected the Martians to have special mental powers like telekinetic and telekinesis and all sorts of mental telepathy powers like mind transference and the power to levitate in the air. Chris, they don't even talk about that in the book. It just occurred to me. That's never brought up in this book. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not more, done. I'm more, still not done. I got a more. whole paragraph. Well, everything was going pretty smooth until galactic war breaks out all over the universe and the final well. battle happens in our solar system. If you're in the middle Chris. of a book summary and you go, well, anyway. <laughs> All right. I still have more sentences. It was Earth with the Paulian people and also the Martians against the snake looking people called the Archons and their friends, the Thracians, who resemble dog like people with sharp claws. There were crash ships all over all of our planets and their moons and our solar system. It was the battle of all battles. It decided the control of our galaxy. If you think all of this sounds good, wait till you read the book. It's action packed from start to finish. <laughs> I know you will enjoy it, but we will too. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's some of my best work. And don't worry, someday you just might see something that resembles Moon People 3 oh, no. coming to your local bookstore or theater near you. Oh. Thank you and God bless DM Corny author. <laughs> Listen, the people that write ebooks apparently don't they don't care about the physical limitations of space that previous book summary writers had to deal with right right the vastness of <laughs> space in the internet means that you could just write the longest and most rambling insane summary for your book that's a great fantastic example of the kind of writing that you're going to encounter within this book because that was just one unbroken paragraph as much of this book is one long unbroken except for when the chapter starts which is kind of random but yeah. I'm thankful for it but it generally there are no indentations or any so there's no formatting actually yeah I mean this so if you haven't listened to uh, episode I believe 14 which is when we read moon people the first moon people um, you, can, you can go back to there and start there you don't really have to I would say it's not you're gonna be fine yeah but you can if you'd like to hear more about this the series um but yeah th i mean this book suffers from the same issues the first book suffered from the author clearly didn't really learn anything if i mean i assume there was a time <laughs> period between <laughs> I, yeah I, like, i'm really curious as to how much this person has learned in their lifetime never mind between moon people one and two dude like i actually i'm starting to feel kind of bad because there's something about this writing by an adult that makes me really, like, concerned 
I don't know. Like at first, Listen, I, the, I it it's a child. It's a kid, right? No, the, it's not a child. Okay, so here's the thing: the author claims to be working for national def- like government defense yeah. projects and consulting. He also for them. claimed to have saved those uh, British hostages that were held by Iran in like 2000. What was it? 2000. It's not like he claimed to have personally saved them. He claims to have been involved in the strategizing. He gave them an idea. Yeah, yeah, whatever the idea was. Like this, I'm I'm not kidding. This is in the about the author section. What if you just microwave them? (laughs) (laughs) This is in the about the author section in this book in the back. He just randomly is like, hey, I have a lot of good ideas. One time I helped those Iranian hostages. Like what? I had British hostages? I don't know. It was was very strange. Um, But... so he's claiming to be a fully functioning adult. Yeah, like a master strategian. If that's how he writes things, I can't imagine getting a report from this person yeah, as I, a superior or something that they are reporting to and getting this like one long unbroken paragraph that has like a well anyway in the middle yeah, of and, it. And no, yeah, I wonder... All I can hope is that this man compartmentalizes his writing skills like maybe his professional writing is totally normal but he's like oh this is my fiction writing i'm just gonna let it i'm just gonna let it fly i'm just gonna do what what my heart tells me to it really reads like something a 10 year old boy would write yeah yeah like an elementary school child is what this sounds like and i and again we're not this is not us trying to be antagonistic or disparaging on purpose like that is just literally what it sounds like i mean you heard me read the summary we're gonna read some other selections and i believe you will come to the same conclusion uh, Everything is like very basic motivations for things that happen because they're kind of cool to happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. And a fascination with big laser guns and a pretty lady. Yep. Like, and every conversation reads like a child recounting a conversation to you. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, like if you ask your nephew at Easter, like. Hey, hey, like, Bailey, what you studying in school? You'd be like, oh, man, we studied, like, with how these lasers blow up planets and stuff. And you'd be like, oh, cool. Like, imagine if somebody just wrote a bunch of that down and put it on Amazon and they were an adult. It's really strange. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing that gives me pause is um, before you actually even open the book electronically or physically, <laughs> below the author's name on the cover is printed the phrase, quote, Amazon rated moon people with five stars, which tells us that either the author does not understand that ratings come from human users on Amazon, not the site itself, or or the author thinks that someone picking up this book is dumb enough to not know how Amazon ratings work. Yeah, that could be. So, I mean, it's a little concerning that you would print that on the cover of the book. Because like I said, either you think your audience is dumb enough not to understand how Amazon ratings work, or you don't understand how they work. Um, and there's like a third layer here where um, Moon People, the first one, has four stars on Amazon currently and Moon People 2 has three and a half. But this is only because people continue to post fake positive reviews for both of them. This is something that I absolutely hate that people do. Like, yeah, you might think it's funny, but unfortunately then people like this, this author, looks at those reviews and thinks they're real. And then they keep writing, then they keep writing things that we have to read. Everyone, please consider the terrible book club. For a second, I thought you meant like Dale P- Courtney paid people for fa- No. But I don't think he knows how to do that. I don't know. He, these people wrote fake positive reviews. Like, they're not, 
for what I'm, I'm sorry. Is I should have explained. Obvious to yes, you? yes. I'm sorry. I should have explained what I meant by that. They're not paid. It's like somebody will rate it five stars and be like, "This book, this is a groundbreaking science fiction novel. It melted my brain." Like, I mean, you can just go on Amazon and look at these reviews yourself to see what I mean. But basically, people give these high ratings, but then write these really sarcastic reviews. But the author thinks that they're legitimate. Like, he just sees the high star rating and is like oh man, people really love my book. And it's like, why would you do this to someone? It's so cruel to give that person that false hope. And like, I just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just old now, but I just feel like that's really fucked up. And that's like doing, like, I imagine if somebody did that to my band, I'd be pissed. Like if somebody was like, oh, this album's five stars, but then the writing was obvious. They thought it was fucking trash. Like, I'd be like, oh, this is really insulting. Are you sure these people didn't really actually like it? You can tell by the actual review. I mean, we can go and find one if you want. I can read some of them to you. They're not... You know, there's people out there, I think, that might enjoy... No, My opinion of humanity recently has kind of dipped lower in terms of the, like, threshold for... Wait, what caused that? I don't know. I just realized that there's a lot of people that don't need a lot to be entertained. Oh, oh, I, I thought you meant... Okay, I thought you meant something different. No, you know, they just have a lower threshold for... And not that I'm not out here watching Trash too. I'm also up on YouTube watching, like, 15-minute videos of, like, some jerk guessed something about these other jerks. And I'm like, oh, you got it wrong, jerk in the middle that had to guess about other people. I fell into a YouTube hole recently about that. And I, I still did it, but I felt ashamed the whole time. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, Alexandra Costa, or Alexander, sorry, uh, posted a five-star review from Moon People 2. Uh, it is entitled, One Trip to the Moon Wasn't Enough. Dale Courtney brings his genius back to his second installment of his best-selling Moon People. To say the least, I can't find words to explain how wonderful of a bridge this is to the original and the third installment that will be coming out at a future undisclosed date. In this book, you will find the same passion, energy, and enthusiasm that was found in the original Moon People and unmatched by Dumas, Dostoevsky, Dickens, Melville, or Seuss. Dale Courtney is in a league of his own. After reading this book, you will find yourself convinced that it is actually the mid-20th century. Every page is filled with wisdom and insight that will blow your mind, and it will make you wish that there were 760 pages instead of only 76. In the end, all I can say is that I want the gift that God has given to Dale Courtney. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, I get uh, it. <laughs> I mean, there are other ones that are like more obviously. Um... Okay, well, now that we've cleared up the fact that we're like, maybe after reading this, we both felt a little bit like, is there? But there's probably not a problem, right, Paris? Like, I yeah, I don't. I mean, it's again, it's it's difficult to determine. I mean, like, we don't. There's no disclosed. We can't. Issue. We have to judge based on what he yep. presents himself as, right? Which is a regular person with a, a big boy job. Uh, yeah. So, like, my piece about the the shitty reviews is like, look, you can dislike a book all you want. I mean, we dislike a lot of books that we review, but don't um don't taunt authors and like lie about their writing prowess by giving them high scores and writing a sarcastic review. It's just. It's not fair to anyone, no matter how shitty of an artist they might be. Uh, it's just not an okay thing to do. Don't make people feel bad for their art. Like, it's not cool. If you have if you have legitimate criticism, that's fine. But, like, make your rating match your criticism. I don't get the... I don't get, like, taunting someone into giving them a high rating and then writing a shitty... Ver- it, it just seems fucked up to they me. They want to encourage him to keep writing so they get more things to laugh at. 
there's enough shit in the world to laugh at people again I mean, technically we're the ones doing a whole podcast about awful books here but but we we read them and give an honest review we're not sitting here trolling people you know so i don't know i just think there's a huge difference between what we do and what people are doing with these like troll reviews and i think it's shitty so. i would agree that there is a definite difference anyway yeah. let's talk about the contents of moon people too what's inside let's crack this so egg. once again so right on that cover page you get a, a, a little a little appetizer for what you got got coming at you um and then you open the book and oh no it says that same sentence on the copyright page like about amazon giving this book five stars and you're like "Uh oh this is bad um the beginning starts with basically that summary that i just read <laughs> just, that's that's just how the book opens it just tells you everything i said in that summary it tells you all the major events of the book i i don't know why you would do this why would you ruin your own book i, I don't know uh but I, I he did like it. the well anyway in the middle of that one. <laughs> yeah no edit needed um yeah, he's also teasing in the beginning of the book, much like in the summary I read, that Moon People 3 is going to be a film. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. We'll, I mean, maybe it will be because Maradonia was a film, technically. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he does seem to have a decent job. Maybe he can self-fund this one and we... Yeah, yeah, this this author, I think we mentioned earlier, apparently works or worked, past tense, in national defense, uh, I think. So, like, American national defense. So, I don't know. Um... So, like we said earlier, this book has the same problems as the first. There's just structural problems everywhere. I mean, as Chris was mentioning, there's no paragraph breaks. There's no separation of dialogue. And what we mean by that is there are no quotation marks, commas. There's there's rarely even something that... So, sometimes you don't know who's speaking to whom. Yes. Uh, it's extremely confusing. It's just a block of text. And when you confuse, like, military ranks as well... Oh, yeah. It's like, no, I don't really, I'm, I don't have anyone's rank straight because. No. It, and even if you think you know the rank, ranks that you think are higher and usually, you know, would not defer to other people lower than them, they routinely do for certain things. It just kind of depends on the conversation that's happening. Yeah. I was also very confused about, like, who was. Um... There's two admirals. Yeah, but but they're from different. But there's, like, a alien admiral and a human one, right? I think so. Or there are two admirals on different ships, yeah. I, there's, they're at least on, because they, though, like, I guess the major conflict of the book uh, is uh, we have to pick one of these cool ships. That's, uh, that's the <laughs> ma majority well, no. of the book, honestly, is like, oh man, which one of these cool spaceships am uh, I going to pick? So yeah, the the conflicts, so the main story beats are that Dale Court, Dale, Dale Courtney, <laughs> sorry, I'm confused because the author's name is Dale Courtney, but some of the the main characters, David Bramer, and there are other characters with the last name Courtney. So D's and Courtney. Confusing. Um, Dave Bramer is in charge of uh, rehabbing Mars to support human life uh, by microwaving it. Yeah, he's a geo. He's, he wants to geoengineer Mars by shooting a microwave laser at it. Yeah, and that... Uh, my favorite detail. The microwave laser that they're using is 200,000 watts. So if you if you do the math, that's the strength of about 1 to 200 microwaves. Like like your household. So like 200 Strap one of those together, point them at Mars and baby, you got some life going. I don't know if 200 conventional microwaves would really do anything to a planet. I'm just going to I'm not a scientist, Let's, but Okay, here's the plan. Here's exactly what happens in, in the book and the way it's explained is that if we shoot a microwave laser at a particular spot on Mars, 
the core will heat up and spin faster and this will create more oxygen in the atmosphere and kind of warm everything up a little bit so that the, if there's ice deposits, we'll get a little bit of water out of that and that's right. how we'll get more oxygen. And as we know, more oxygen, <laughs> always good. Okay, so, <laughs> so the, I mean, if this already sounds insane to you, get ready. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's skip to our oxygen discussion. At multiple points throughout the story, they're keeping track of what's going on on the surface of Mars. But after they shoot the microwave laser at it, they it, it, it indeed does exactly what David Bramer thought it would do. I mean, he's it, a science officer, so like, I yeah. hope that that's the case, <laughs> so right? It, it, the core spins faster, you get some uh, atm- more atmosphere happening, and there's... Wait, the core spins independently of the rest of the planet? N- I think it <laughs> makes it... I don't know. Does it, Mar- what's Mars' core made out of? I don't know. Shit, I've, I should have looked that up. I think... I. In this one, I think it's iron that he claims. I to... don't. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not really the important part. No, here. it's not. I'm just hung up on little details. <laughs> so anyway, it goes great. It goes exactly what he thought it would do. And then there's some atmosphere that is developing on there, and they keep saying like, "Oh, there's like a lot of ac- oxygen over here. There's like more oxygen than we expected. That's great. Yeah, there's so much. We're oxygen. gonna be able to breathe no problem because there's so much oxygen yeah, in the air. Yeah, I think they don't. Yeah, the, he, the author seems to have forgotten that. What we breathe as air is not 100% oxygen. <laughs> that would fucking kill you, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like 8% oxygen. Oh, I'm actually... Yeah, I'm not sure what the makeup is. I'm of... pretty sure oxygen is not like the most... It's mostly nitrogen, from what I understand. And if you... Like, the more oxygen would not make it better. No, it's not no, like you would no. have to, like, breathe less heavy or you'd get superpowers from, yeah, like, yeah, getting like... all the oxygen in your blood or something like that. And I don't really understand how that works when there's, like, not trees. I mean, actually, they do keep saying, oh, more life forms are appearing as yeah, if so as things micro- just spontaneously grow yes. over, like, less than 12 hours. Well, and the other thing that was confusing to me about that is they were like, oh, all the dormant life forms are returning. And I was like, wait, if the atmosphere is constantly changing while you're microwaving the planet, how the fuck could those life forms tolerate that? They're thawing, I think, is the idea but here, like is the, that they were but- under ice, which Mars is not iced. As far as I know. Uh, there's some ice on Mars. I don't think it's cold all the time. No, Mars is pretty... I Wait, am I thinking of the moon? No. <laughs> I'm pretty... <laughs> like, listen, I'm pretty we're sure no Mars NASA people either. I... <laughs> but I'm, like, pretty sure that this... It's it's not, like, you know, permanently frozen everywhere all the oh, time. Oh, I have, I have an answer to our oxygen question. So, regular air is 78% nitrogen and about uh, 21% oxygen. Okay. So, so And then there's also argon and carbon dioxide. All right, and, like, so you know what? Gases. So, his number was actually kind of okay because he was saying, like, oh, there's, like, 25% oxygen in the air as, like, the that's great kind of thing. Oh, I thought he was saying there was way more than that. I thought he- it, it does. After he says that, he does said it's increasing. Oh, right. Yeah, it so- does get higher. Okay, I'm not crazy. Like, like it, it does go higher than it should, but I thought that the normal number was 8% and everyone was like flipping out about 20%. No, I think, yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway, he does keep talking about how it keeps increasing, so like we can reasonably it's believe... It's getting even better and there's more life forms just sprouting up everywhere. It's better than we thought. Listen, like... It's not like they were just roots underground and all the plant life was just waiting for it to get warm for 100,000 years, which is the length of time that he uses. So 
That's how long yeah. ago Dale Courtney thinks there was aliens on Mars. Okay, and I'm also correct about Mars being cold as shit. The poles are like negative 200 degrees okay. or something. All right, so you know what? Dale Courtney got a couple things all right in terms of it's cold and the vague area of how much oxygen is supposed to be there. So yeah, I like in the winter near the poles, it can, yeah, it can be like almost 200 degrees below below zero Fahrenheit. Okay, but um, like the rest of it isn't always that cold, right? No, I mean, I mean, it, it changes, but it's generally a pretty cold planet. Because um, okay. think about its distance from the sun and the fact that it has no... Um, it doesn't have like the atmosphere that we have to trap the heat. It has a really, really thin... Um, True. Well, listen, yeah. all we needed to do was pop it in the microwave for a bit. And yeah, turns you know, space microwave. Just Dude, what if, oh God, it would have been so much better if they were like, we brought this Mars-sized microwave. <laughs> I would have believed that more. Like, Like, you just see this this fucking planet-sized, like, microwave capsule. They just clunk and press, they press the button really slowly in space. <laughs> Do they still stop it one second before it's done so you don't have to wake up the your roommate in the next solar system? No, so you don't have to <laughs> fucking destroy the solar system with the beam! <laughs> oh man, that Raytheon contract must be amazing. You know, hey, sound technically doesn't travel through a vacuum, but they figure out a way. Yeah, they did. They did. They were like, they were like, no, we need this feature. We need it to beep in space. They create their own bubble of atmosphere around it so that you can hear. You, yeah, you need. So you know when the Mars is done. Yeah. So you can take it out. Otherwise, you'd be leaving it in there. Overcook the Mars. You don't want to do that. No, you would just. It would get cold and like stale in there because you forgot about it that you left it oh, in there. Oh fuck me! And um, then you go. You know, you you went back to Earth for a bit. You you went upstairs. Oh, <laughs> you shit. forgot your Mars in the microwave, and now it's just kind of congealed. And nothing's the way it was like supposed to be. It's like when you put a peep in the microwave. <laughs> I just leave it in there too long, and it's just it's bad. Um. Anyway, that's how there are a lot of other issues with air. So before, <laughs> yeah, so you know, we're talking about how they're like really pumped about like all this extra oxygen, and they're they're finally like, oh man, all right, it's ready for us to like go down to the surface and check it out. And uh, they they exhibit. No safety protocol. They use no safety protocol. They just put their spacesuits on, go down to the surface, take their helmets off, and they're like, ah, yes, this is a glorious Mars they, like, they They're pretty sure they can breathe the air, but they're no, like, there's no checking mechanism to, like, I don't know. Make, I mean, you would you would be concerned about, like, particulate matter in the air, right? You're on an alien planet no, that you've just been resurrecting life they're on. They're absolutely not concerned about no. any sort of biological material. They're just concerned, like, the air seems to have the most oxygen ever, so I'm just going to go over down here and pop my old helmet off. And, and breathe in that air. It's like, and then, oh, it gets better. And then they decide, like, oh, we're going to, now as everything is defrosting and waking up, we're going to just take all this stuff back to both spaceships. Like, have none of y'all seen Alien? Like, come on. Quarantine, motherfuckers. There is some Quarantine. movie watching in this book. Oh, there is. So It'd be so we, much We kind of actually skipped to, like, the the middle third of the well, book here. Well, because we got to talk about all the air problems. But cause, because the first third is they microwave <laughs> Mars, and then everyone is like, wow, you did such... It's so cool that we microwave Mars, and that we have these spaceships that this alien race just gave us for... They just gave it. Why did they give it to, like... I mean, I, I mean, was it, wondering if we just traded them, like, some, I don't know, some chalupas for all this <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Like, it doesn't explain, because they were like, oh, the Paulians are just really nice, and they go around the universe trading, and it's like, what did we give them for all these amazing spaceships and, and weapons? It's clear that they gave us, like, like some beaters that they had lying around, mm-hmm. but it's still, like, it, I don't know what the Paulians 
a fantastic name for an alien race, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh, and then they're they're Polish food name ships. Oh yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> the Golumpa. It looks like Gwumpy. It looks kind of like the spelling for Gwumpy. Yeah. But maybe that's what he was thinking when he did that. I feel like that's a reason. That's reasonably within the realm of possibility. Anyway, the first third of the book is everyone going like, "Wow, it's so cool! We just microwave Mars and there's." there's Mad oxygen and life forms, and also we have to pick which cool spaceship we get to live on. Isn't that so cool? Everyone's patting each other on the back. Oh yeah, because they're they're on whatever I forget what the original spaceship is called. Kawaka. Oh yeah, there's the lunar base one, and then the Kawaka, and then they get the, the Aurora, Aurora. The, the goddess of the dawn, which they decide to name it, and that's the one that's like ten miles, ten kilometers long, and has restaurants and malls and all this stuff. All conveniently humanoid size. Yeah. Like uh-huh. they, they keep saying, wow, they were just like us. They were really just like us. It's all the stuff. They even like interface with the language really quickly. There's a, like a translator that's like, I got this. Just give me a day. Yeah. Yeah. They just know <laughs> the language so, so easily. Um, I mean, there's some other like sciencey things that I found weird. Like the, uh, the author talks about how... Oh no, we we like we have to protect the earth from solar flares. Like it's going to mess up all the computers and it's like, well, sort of like but like only if we have a coronal mass ejection which is like a really severe solar flare. Regular ones aren't really going to do much to stuff on earth. I mean, they might fuck up some like satellites and GPS stuff, but like obviously a, C- a CME is is actually really dangerous, but we monitor space weather and like Hopefully, could prepare for this. I, I mean, do you think is space are space weathermen more accurate or less accurate than regular? I weathermen? fucking hope they're more accurate <laughs> than regular weathermen because Jesus Christ, oh. Gonna have some meteor showers, light meteor showers yeah. here in the evening. Uh, we got a we got a coronal mass ejection uh, coming up the northeast side of Africa. So get uh, those shovels out. Yeah, you get to scoop up all the mass ejected. No, uh, <laughs> no, you'll. I think. Oh shit! Am I even saying that coronal mass? I think it's a coronal mass ejection. Oh fuck. Now I don't remember if that's what CME stands for. God damn it. But anyway, they can be very... uh, We haven't had one since the advent of, like, electronics, basically. We almost had one in 2012, but it, like, missed us somehow because we were... I don't know. We were, like, out of... I forget why. We somehow missed the path of it very, very narrowly. But we haven't had one since, like, the late 1800s. So if one happens, it could knock out electricity and computers everywhere. Uh, but, you know, that's only worst case scenario. Yeah. The way he's talking about regular solar flares, it's a little, it's a little catastrophizing. That's like worrying about Yellowstone blowing up. Like, okay, it might, but like, you can't really do anything about it. There's no use wasting your energy. Yeah. Uh, And then he says, he talks about like, um. Can we talk? We should talk about the date scene i think because we're that's in the first third of the book pretty much oh my god you saying date made me remember that we forgot to tell you the year at when during which this <laughs> takes place you know this book takes place in 2049 and you know while blade runner 2 is happening on earth we're up here with this bullshit <laughs> yeah, fucking a- christ like somebody kill me right now what, a, uh, way cooler is happening up there but we're up here with a child that's on a spaceship oh god it's so talk about, it's so cool wow isn't the piling spaceship so cool it's so big and cool they've got everything they've got movies they've got restaurants also 2049 wow is- so cool it's not that far away. I don't think we would have all these advancements in such a small Well, the original time. Blade Runner took place this week. I so. know. I know. <laughs> so this is, you know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Temper your expectations. Well, hey, no, we have light-up umbrellas now. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right. I really want one of those, actually. <laughs> oh. My birthday is in January. 
just okay. I, I'll write that down. That I really Paris light wants up a, a Tronbrella. I really want to light up a umbrella. What else do we have? We also have like uh, what? What do they have in that movie? Automated cars are kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean sentient robots. Not quite. Th- I mean, not quite there. Not sentient. Definitely like illusory enough. Maybe like you could. Has Some anything... things that sound like a, a human being a little bit. I'm trying to think of other things. Um, wait, no. Flying Ramen Shop was not Blade Excuse Runner. me? That was, uh... Was that Blade Runner? I think it was the original Blade Runner. Flying... No, I think it was just on the street. I think... Oh, no, you're thinking of, like, Fifth Element. Yeah! You're thinking of Bruce Willis yes. getting the guy flying... Okay, yeah. That, I like that like, scene, too. I need that. I, need I, that. I remember that scene, actually. That's <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts. It was, like... You're right. It's ramen-related, of course. You remember it. Yes. Uh, Soon to get ramen per- permanently placed on my body, actually. Yeah, he's actually having a... He's having a ramen embedded under his, his skin. Uh, he's having a, a dermal implant uh-huh. of ramen Permanent noodles. noodle. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there about the date. Yeah, you said let's date. get back to the the date scene that happens. So turns out, if you microwave Mars, the ladies love it. They're oh yeah, so down, dude, Heather. Dude. All right, so Lieutenant Heather Courtney, <laughs> she is uh, she's so into dudes that you just yell microwave command. She's like, yeah. <laughs> fucking nuke that burrito i yeah. want it to melt my face <laughs> she uh, the, uh, david braver just microwaved mars a little and he is getting congratulated by everyone and all the admirals the president of the u.s is so impressed and she heather walks up to him after some meeting or something and just starts making out with him right there yep spot spot the heck on david you did such a good job with that microwave let just moi <laughs> but please stay. And then they talk about like going on it. Like they're like Kate. They're coy about going on a date after that. They're like, oh, well, now we can. Ha- you can watch a movie with me. Wink, wink. Sexy smile. Explicitly written as sexy smiles. Yeah. Between them. <laughs> that like that's the only thing he can think of as a way to be flirtatious is to have sexy smiles and and winks. Oh yeah. Uh, also, like... Have you ever winked at someone seductively? No, no. You've never? No, that's so not sexy. I don't know. You've smiled at someone, possibly. Sure. F- but winking? <laughs> I'm, like, trying to do it right now. It's weird. Like, <laughs> it's can't. not hot. It's weird. <laughs> Maybe it depends on who's winking at you, right? I guess. <laughs> Anyway, we got to find this, like, after a bunch of these things. Yeah, it's like location 600 in the book. Yeah. um, Are you reading your specific screenshot that you put in? Because I was going (laughs) to read the entire date. Dude, the entire date is so long. I I want to read a selection of the date if Um, if I can find it because... So things you need to know, basics, is that she just rolls up to his apartment in a blue evening dress. Like, dressed for an extravagant date, even though they hadn't actually set one. She just shows up at his house and is like, oh, hey, I was hoping you were home. You want to have a date right now? And he was like, yeah, come in. <laughs> I mean, they kind of planned it before. No, they didn't. That's the thing. Like, they had just talked about maybe having a date at some point. Um, we should we should read the, the I don't know, you can pick what part you want to read. All right, I'm just going to start here. 
Like it's kind of hard to find a starting point when there's no indentations. And yeah, like, and no dialogue no, markers. There's no indication of what at what point this date starts. It's just a wall of text. Okay. I... Uh, here, David hurried to his quarters and started packing and eats a great lunch. Before you know it, his doorbell rings. When he opened the door, he's seen it was Lieutenant Heather Courtney. She was looking very pretty. She said, I was in the area and seen you go in your place. I thought I would stop by and see you. I hope it's okay. David put a big smile on his face and said, oh, it's okay. All right. Let me say you are looking very pretty today. Heather smiled back and said, well, I started thinking about that time the other day when we were in the elevator. We were talking about being lonely and how it would be a lot more better <laughs> to spend time watching a movie or eat di to get dinner together or both. Well, I was wondering if you mind being with me for a little while today. Maybe you watch a movie or something. David said, I would love that, Heather. Please come on it. <laughs> Which is as written what is happening there. Just, just please get on the stick. <laughs> please. I was just thinking the same thing about how cool it would be to do something with someone. <laughs> it's so cool to do something with someone, Paris. Dude, would you, we weren't you just thinking? Uh, I mean, it's always cool to do something. I with see someone. you're at my door. Please come on it. Please get on that dick. Uh, uh, or or go out to eat with someone like we did back on Earth. You know, I left the moonship earlier, and it is like a small city. It doesn't feel like a spaceship at all because it's so big, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. Are you one of the ones that are getting transferred to the moonship? No, I haven't made up my mind yet, I guess because I haven't seen it yet. Once again, no separation of who is speaking here. Or maybe it just scares me a little bit. Let's talk about something else. You know, David, I sure did like that kiss you gave me at the elevator. It was a little one, but it was a good one. <laughs> I thought you liked it big. Ugh. David smiles and said, you know, really, I liked that kiss a lot, too. Would you like to do it again? Then Heather said, maybe we can make it a little longer this time. David leaned in and they kissed passionately for about a minute. Then Heather gave David a very erotic <laughs> look and said, mmm, that was pretty nice. All caps on the M's there, just mm -hmm, so everyone yeah. knows. What do you say we go and pick out a good movie? You can make us a couple of drinks and we can watch the movie. <laughs> Maybe even do some more kissing and smiled. Who knows, stranger, you might just get lucky and smile that sexy smile she has. She, ha she was a very attractive woman. She was also wearing a very sexy looking blue dress that was split on both sides, attached with string on the sides. David leaned in again and gave her another kiss and said, let's go pick out a movie. They walked over to his sofa and sat down. David started to go over the movies with the computer. Can you tag me in? Yes. Okay, all right. I want to read the next okay. half of the date. David said, Heather, you know, we've got just about any kind of movie you would want to watch. What am I saying? You're the one who showed me all this stuff. When I first came on board four months ago, what kind of movie do you like, Heather? I bet you like pirate movies. <laughs> You know, because movie genres are just shitty Halloween costumes now. <laughs> you know, cat, sexy cat movies, pirate movies. Well, you're right there, Heather replied, but I'm kind of partial to the old movie Jaws. Do you like Jaws? Specifically Jaws. Oh, yeah, that's that's the genre of movies she likes. David answered, yes, I do. I also like comedies. I like science fiction and horror. I love space movies. You know what else I like a lot, Heather? What? I like the movie Jaws. <laughs> fucking dropped it there, dude. Total opportunity. David, <laughs> you could have just got in first. Started laughing and kissed again. David said, "Computer, will you put on the movie Jaws, please?" Affirmative. The TV monitor came on, and so did the movie Jaws. <laughs> David, thanks for clarifying. They both came on. <laughs> David, 
Cameron said, it's showtime. (laughs) (laughs) I missed the surprise read. (laughs) They sat back close to each other as time to drink their drinks and watch their movie. The movie got to the point of Quinn telling his story about the Indianapolis, I guess you have to know Jaws, and they started kissing some more, and Heather asked if she could use the bathroom for a minute. Okay, we now enter the territory of R. This definitely really happened. <laughs> or what is it? R. This definitely Riveting happened on text. Story where they, were t- they were watching Jaws together, and she had to go take a no, dub. No, so no, 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 no. I'm I'm so Wait, what is that? What is that subreddit? It's like this definitely happened, or are that happened? Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. All right. Um. Huh. David says sure, but watch out. We don't lose gravity. Boy, the other day that happened to me. I almost didn't get the lid shut quickly enough, and it was almost a nightmare. Heather started laughing and said, don't worry, I'll be all right. She was in the bathroom for about five minutes, and David was fixing them two more drinks. Heather came out of the bathroom, and she was in the buff. Man, she was a knockout. <laughs> then David said, wow, you are so hot. Are you an Aquarius? Heather replied, yes. How did you know that? Well, I'm an astrologer also. You have a very sexy nature, and I love that in a woman. I'm a Libra, and we are very compatible. Then Heather said, you know, smart men really turned me on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, yeah, are that really happened. Yeah, any, like, th- this has never happened in the fucking history of the world where a dude has been like, yeah, I'm an astrologer, and a woman has been like, oh, damn. Like, no. She came over to David and they started kissing him and then they made love for about one hour. Somehow <laughs> Very they... specific with the timing all the time. Always exactly how long. Somehow they nice made Nice round it... numbers. Oh yeah, to the bedroom and all of the excitement. Neither one of neither one of them had made love to anyone since they left Earth and they were both really enjoying themselves. When they were done, they were in a state of euphoria. David leaned over and kissed Heather again and said, that was incredible, Heather. This has been a great time for me. What do you think about another movie? <laughs> we can pick another movie and I'll make a couple more drinks and we can still have some more fun watching this movie. Heather was lying on top of the red velvet sheets naked as a jaybird red velvet wow i didn't catch that either the fucking powerleads keep it classy up there dude she was absolutely the most beautiful sight david had seen in a long time she was a 10 for sure (laughs) heather laying there on the bed on top of the sheets gave david a very sexy smile and said that sounds fantastic but before we do that what do you say you come back to this bed and i will turn you on to no end (laughs) the dirty talk started laughing the dirty talk is really great and was looking at her lying on the bed and said i don't mind if i do she had the perfect body and wonderful personality david felt he had a gold mine he was hoping that it was the beginning of a wonderful new friendship now now here so the date's not over but i'm like hot from laughing and reading he turned me on to know it. <laughs> we should. I'm gonna read the this next section here, which you bothered uh, to take a screenshot of. Yeah, because he just now he mentioned the word friendship and a wonderful new kind of friendship. Oh, and fuck here's me. Dale Courtney getting on, I guess, his soapbox for a minute here. Uh, but here is the following paragraph, and this is where we'll end the date because it does keep going. Oh. It was the beginning of a wonderful new friendship. That's the way things pretty much was after the sexual revolution in 2034 when the courts no longer recognized sex as a binding force in a marriage. Men and women no longer felt hooked when they had sex to one another unless there was a pregnancy. But that didn't happen much anymore because of breakthroughs in birth control. Sex was like sharing a super moment that they will remember for a long time. In another words, sex did not bind you into marriage or a relationship except for a friendship unless you had children. Most of the time they gave equal joint custody for the children in in a divorce. In these times, sex was just like cementing a new friendship. Everyone just felt it was better this way. That way, there was no binding agreements where nobody gets hurt in the end. Violence in marriage and divorce went way down. Since they cured all the sexually transmitted diseases with DNA research back in 2030, 
Sex was also very safe now, although they still had a lot of weddings, but not as many anymore. What? Everyone just lived <laughs> together until they didn't want to anymore. Heather and David made love some more. That's where we're I have so many questions about this section. I'm not going to call it a paragraph because it's not separated out. It, it's not. Um, why why does you think that the courts are like, if you fuck, it's a real marriage? Like, that's not. I, yeah, it's not. We're not in, like, Tudor England. Like, we're not back in time. Like, I don't. Oh, so I guess no one has any emotional response to sex anymore. No. That's not what that like some that got like erased out of the genome somehow. He thinks that birth control makes you not feel emotions during sex. Maybe the future birth control also does that. No, he just thinks that people don't have to feel emotion like people were just making up this attachment they feel after sex for marriage reasons. Well, no, he's saying everyone got a drug to change their brain chemistry. Where did the uh, were, Right? Is it the, I don't I don't see that part. Wait. There's a mention of birth control being, like, this breakthroughs in it, but I don't see it. It's just... Yeah, he said, but that didn't happen so much anymore because of breakthroughs in birth control. He's connecting the birth control to the lack of emotional connection felt Oh, with those two sentences. No, I think... Yeah. No, I no. He, it's not that the birth control itself changed that the feeling of emotional attachment after sex. He is saying because no children were being born, there was no deeper emotional attachment to the person. That doesn't make any sense. No, that's what he's saying here. He is saying that because no children are born, there's no emotional attachment possible after sex anymore. Or it just doesn't happen as much anymore because children are the only reason you would feel emotionally attached to someone after you fucked them. I'm so... How do you... How does somebody form that opinion? It's a person that doesn't feel an emotional attachment after sex unless children have happened. That's very weird. I okay. I misunderstood. I guess I misunderstood that. I don't know. Everyone vote. Who's right about this? Did I? <laughs> I did I? Did I uncover that there is a magical birth control and also emotional crushing sex drug? Or in the future? No, this is Dale or- Courtney's idea of what he thinks sex should be like. This is his ideal of how sex works, where you just get to fuck to say hello. Oh, but but my other point to that is, like, he talks about, oh, sex is just how you cement a new friendship. But, like, how would he feel about it being two dudes or two ladies or trans people? Yeah, that's not really... Yeah, people are non-binary. I bet you only mean that for ladies, Dale. Ladies and dudes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't... I wonder about about projecting that policy to beyond cisgendered heterosexual people. (laughs) I I don't think you thought that one out. Gotta say. So Uh, that's... (laughs) <laughs> that's basically the honestly that's the major moment in the first third of the book I would say is he gets to fuck because he microwaved Mars really well yep and it's this super thing where he's got this lady who's really into him because of and his microwave hot. commands she's so hot and she loves microwaves there's no like description of why that is except that listen she's just very attractive let me tell you she's also got a great personality even though nothing about her personality is talked about except yeah, for how much this, she likes David this whole book is telling and not showing but in like the word, not even a, not even a decent way. But, yeah. Um, I mean, there there are some other. I mean, there are plenty of other funny things. Um, in this book, uh, actually, we should just read some of those. So when we're earlier, we we're talking about how this book suffers from just a kind of total lack of um attention to the English language. 
uh, and like grammar rules and spelling. So you had a lot of like really fun accidents. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, these are uh, really good. <laughs> Chris, you. Can I, I, I wrote most of the starter ones here. There's an admiral that begins a line with "Well, people, I will leave it up to you." Except both "well" and "people" are capitalized. <laughs> And there's a comma separating that, which makes it look like he's addressing the well people yes, the that well just people. happened to be in this room, who I, I guess he's leaving every, all the responsibility up to because, well, there's no wells on this spaceship, so you got to do some, something else besides yeah. whatever you were doing down there. You guys have to adapt to your new environment. You Sorry. Be, you got to become the crag people now. <laughs> Sorry, well people. You gotta, I leave it up to you to decide your own <laughs> new fate here. There is also a, another childishly written sentence is... They went to engineering, and then they went to the hospital, which implies that something happened at engineering, honestly. (laughs) But no, he's just recounting the order that they went to places. And the hospital and engineering are not elucidated upon. It's just they went here, and then they went there, and then they went there. Yep. They saw all the things on the ship, and then a recurring motif was descent people. All the descent people all around the planet and the ship. This is supposed to be descent people. But they are descent people. Oh, so good. Um, some of my favorites included Lunar Base One has positioned itself for six mouths of exploration. <laughs> oh man, Lunar oh. Base One. Woo, they got a mission. Re- they got a mission. Re- really me... loves to explore some oral delights. Oh, six mouths of exploration. <laughs> so good. Uh <laughs> Then David asked the computer to order him a shrimp and fish diner. And I was like, oh, good thing they flavored that diner. That was like wood chips the and metal. The fabricator is huge. It's an, they're making Mars-sized microwaves out here, man. A diner is no issue. Oh, Chris found a great one. Oh, yes. The fine tooth comb. Not fine tooth comb. Fine tooth comb. One word. So it's like I gotta comb my teeth out here. I mean, is that what floss is? It's a tooth comb? Like a little floss I, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, I was thinking more like, oh, my teeth are all tousled and unruly. Straighten those teeth. I I got my after-sex teeth. (laughs) 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 We already talked about. Please come on it. Yeah, Uh, we did. But then there's then there's a oh there in the same vein. There's this constant use of. The phrase, uh, they went at it or really went at it or went at it for a while. And it's not sex. No, it's talking it's about not, working together. Talking, yeah. So then I just I just entered this place in my mind where I was like, oh, no, it's like that terrible, a terrible fucking a curse Netflix show where everyone is fucking even the goddamn computer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Another life. Oh. What a, we just found out another season. That might be another Patreon content. Thing. I'm sorry that we we're always coming in on season two of these terrible shows, but we just need to. Watch it on our own first. So, so Chris and I, our friend Trisket, uh, was like, hey, you should really check out the show Another Life on Netflix. And we were like, oh, it's got Katie Sackhoff in it. We like sci-fi stuff. We like Katie Sackhoff. Cool. And the second we started watching it, we were like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but we just, like, didn't record it. And we watched the whole first season. And then they fucking renewed this trash show. I, so we are the watching The OA it got for- canceled, though, so... Yeah, that's true. But that was after two seasons. So true. we're going to watch this uh, the second season of Another Life for the Patreon whenever it comes out. Probably not for another year or two. But anyway. Oh, God. Um, yeah. I, there was just some choice fuck. lines for everyone. Listen, the major plot p- points in this book are David gets laid. 
there's a bunch of life forms on Mars. They microwaved it, yeah. And then there's a random space battle at the end with no buildup or it's no. just like, and then boy, were there a bunch of big laser guns. They find, okay, let's talk about what they find on Mars, how about? Because that's the next major oh, yeah, thing that occurs, right? Like they, uh, it got microwaved. They're, they're letting it stand for a day. Before eating, as the directions said on the package. <laughs> they took off the foil wrapper, <laughs> you know. Careful, it's hot. So the, yeah, you don't let the, all the oxygen out. Um, you got to get unwrap the foil around from around the planet. Somehow they find, they like notice an anomaly where there's like humanoid life forms that they detect. I guess some real sensitive instruments if they can detect like the physical composition of life forms as well. And they find, like, oh, there's, like, some humanoid stuff in this one area. Let's go down there. And they uncover just a bunch of life support systems with, like, hibernating Martians and Martian animals of all types in there. Yeah, we get no we only, we only get no description of what anything looks like except for a single thing where they say, it's like a deer, but it has two colors. And you're, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Uh, cool. De- I, I, you know deer. all those monochromatic deer out there <laughs> yeah. that are only one color? Yep. There's yep. <laughs> all those deer that are only one color. Yep. So we have no idea what any of these Martians or animals look like. It's probably no just clue. a regular deer. That's so... <laughs> yeah. Uh. But anyway, they they uncover this one guy, and then they start. They take him immediately into the ship because fuck protocol, like any yeah, kind of biological hazard protocol. Alien does the movie Alien doesn't exist in this universe. They just apparently. assume that they're going to be nice. They do start trying to communicate with them after, but then they get it translated really quick somehow because because one of the Paulians yeah like, space magic. They have a language database for a hundred thousand year old dead civilization. Yeah. Somehow, even though the Palines didn't know about that civilization, they specifically go like, hey, wow, it's so cool you guys found this on Mars, guys. Way to go, humanity. You get, It's your first... Oh, yeah, you know, we kind of forgot about the moon people, Chris. They're not anything. They just give spaceships, and then they kind of save the day at the end. They're... No, no. The... I remember at the beginning, he was like, the planet Archon or whatever is actually our moon, and that's where everyone's frozen. Why do we never return to that con? It's just hitting me now. Yeah, that's never brought up in anything. I like. I'm not crazy. I I I, I believe you. That's just that that's irrelevant to everything else that happens yeah, here I... completely. Except the archons do show up at the end for like five pages. But anyway, let's stick on the whole Martian uncovering thing that's happening here. They uncover the Martians, they get some the language translated, and they can communicate, and oh, it turns out that they uncovered the king of Mars, or, like you know, he's the one true ruler of, of, course, yeah. of Mars, and he can point to all the other deposits of other Martians and animal life, and they go and do that, and wow, it's so cool, everyone's patting each other on the back, we did, we microwaved Mars, and we saved these people, and the Martians are just like, immediately everyone on Earth is like, yeah, well, we're gonna colonize Mars now. And the Martians are like, that's okay, you revived us from our 100,000-year hibernation, so I guess you guys can have it, it's fine, whatever, it doesn't matter, which is a little questionable. I mean, yeah, I, I would also be grateful that you revived me from my 100,000-year hibernation, but it's still my house. Yeah. If you go into my house and you, like, wake me up, I guess if you're an intruder and I've been, like, asleep for a lot, like, if I was asleep for, like, a week and you woke me up, like, even if you're a stranger that woke me up from a coma, I guess I'm grateful yeah. because I was in a coma. Right. But at the same time, this is my house. You can't just decide to hang out here yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird. So, I mean, I don't care how long I was asleep. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was. I went back to the beginning of the book because I was like, I'm so sorry, I said Archons. 
Uh, that's one of the, the bad aliens. It's actually yeah. Aston was pushed by a supernova and half the people were oh, frozen. Right. Um, and it says, yes, you are correct. It is now Earth in the year 2049 and the Earth's moon is what we are talking about. It is the planet Aston. The moon is not big enough to hold an atmosphere. But then, it, like, but then it's talking about... You can't sustain life on the moon. Now we take you to the present time and this story begins off the planet of Mars. Why do we spend any time talking about people being frozen on Aston it, and then it did he ma- like forget that he was <laughs> gonna write I a story about the moon i think it's implied that the human race came from the moon yeah it is uh no because the baleens are they look like us but their skin is of you a said dark baleens i call them baleens baleens <laughs> i don't know they look a lot like us but their skin is of dark complexion they have two small but very pronounced horns on their foreheads like a goat they drove everywhere in hovercraft looking cars they're different. Uh, They're like Paulines also took them under their wing. No. Um it just says that they there was a supernova. They got launched away. <laughs> yeah, cuz the supernova doesn't eradicate your planet. Yeah, right. It just like, shoves it really far. I mean, they would have to be so far away to just be shoved and not destroyed. Supernovas are the largest explosion type in like in space, right? I I don't know. I think so. Uh, that's how you get I, black holes, right? So that's no, like, I don't think supernovas create black holes. I, I well, yeah. a star di- does a star die to create a black a hole. A star collapses to create a guys. Black we hole. really should have consulted a science, a space expert on this. We're Sorry. not. We're not. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let's stick back onto they revive the Martians and oh my I god! I just can't get over the fact <laughs> that he told this whole story about people being frozen on Aston, the moon. It doesn't matter. Earth's moon, but now, but. Yeah, all the people at first that were on the surface, that were on the side that faced the sun, incinerated, but there were some that survived because they were living underground on the other side of the planet away from the sun, but as soon as their sun launched them into space, they were immediately frozen into a giant comet with all the oceans and wildlife that were on the far side of the planet when their sun exploded. Okay. These oceans were very large and deep on that side of Aston, but now Aston is no more and has become a small comet launching across the universe. Um, It finally was coming up to a mostly volcanic planet with very little water and had some large dinosaurs and a lot of primitive life forms on land. Yeah. Suddenly, Aston slams into this planet and welds itself for a short time to the other planet. And then because the planet rotating and because of such a few, such a few force, Aston recoiled and bounced. Okay, That's so not- he's saying the moon... <laughs> the moon no, I know, I got it. The moon is Aston... Aston crashed into Earth, caused the the extinction of the dinosaurs, but then got thrown off the Earth and turned into the moon. Uh, and and also like we took some stuff from That's them. That's definitely not how orbital mechanics work at all. You know, no, I listen. I was terrible uh, at Kerbal Space Program, and I I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I'm fairly sure it's not like the The moon is way bigger than the Ugh. comet that hit the Earth to kill the dinosaurs, as far as I know. Yeah. And if you've welded rock to each other from the impact there, it wouldn't suddenly like unstick. Oh, according be- because to of the rotation that was happening. Yeah, I which don't... is the normal, normal rotation, rotation. Se- speed yeah. anyway. I I just wanted to make sure anyway, I wasn't... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because... Sorry, I was just... But, like, why do we even get that story? It has no bearing on it. We're the moon people. Right. Paris. I was, guess. It was us that were the moon people all along. It was Earth. Anyway, all the Martians along. also had aliens over there, and we just woke them up, and we took over their house, yep. and they're cool with it. Yep. And uh, 
the Paolins pat us on the back for that. And then, oh, no, the Archons are attacking. Yeah, the Archons and their buds, the Thracians. Yeah, so the Archons have been kind of skirmishing with the Paolins since forever. But the Paolins keep beating them back. But they decide to try to attack Earth this time because they, I don't know, they uh, there's not really any reason given, to nope. be honest with you. Just bad guy stuff. They're like dog people and snake people and they hate everyone else. They, I think they like spotted some other Earth ship near the Paolin. No, they didn't because all the Earth ships are still in their own solar system. No, all we know is they were like threatening someone else and they just showed up and they were like, we're going to fuck you up. And yeah. I was like, all right, we're going to fight back. And then they took, there was a couple big laser shooty guns on Mars oh, that God. they deconstructed and they put everywhere else. By the way, it takes like three hours tops to remove a giant super weapon and bolt it to either your spaceship or another planet. Oh, and also understand totally how it works. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it's it literally like a couple hours or something that it takes them to debolt a giant. It's like... There's no, like, auxiliary systems under the ground that helped with this thing. It's literally just, like, take gun, remove screws, yep. put on other planet. And they, they decide to just put two on Earth, one's in Australia, one's in the U.S., which... Also, like, what's their power source? I don't know. Who knows? Um... And it's a real easy install, turns out, and they use that to defend against... Well, Mars was using it for, like, meteors to, like crush up rocks that were getting close to the Mars and there was too many at one point which is why Mars had to go under hibernation. Too many rocks? Yeah. I don't remember this but sure. Yeah and then so Earth is like cool we're gonna take over your planet also we're gonna take those guns that you used to defend yourselves until the very end. Yeah. Those are ours now. Yep. Uh, you guys f fuck you. <laughs> um, even though we're sending people here to colonize. I, you know. Yeah. Anyway they bolt some to their own spaceships too even though I'm fairly sure if it was bolted to a planet originally if you bolted the same gun to a spaceship, it would tear the hull off when it fired. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was yeah, not made for that purpose, for that use. Although they, they do mention some kind I forget in what context, there's some pictures that happen in this book. Oh, and they fuck. mention some kind of like, oh, it's a space station ship. It's one of the ships that the moon people gave them. And all these descriptions they're given and whatnot, and not until this moment do you see what they could possibly look like. Uh. And it turns out one of the moon ships is the Death Star, but upside down. Yep. Literally a 180-degree rotation <laughs> of the Death Star. The little dimple is in the bottom now, so it's totally different, it's you definitely guys. not a copyrighted image. It's uh, totally different, you guys. Yeah, the, the small selection of images that are in this book are just, he just took them from other places. I don't know. There's, that one was the most recognizable, but there are other ones. He literally just rotated the yeah. Death Star, and he was like, good enough. That's how you get around copyright, just rotate it. Not the bit. same. Nope. Just invert the colors, rotate yeah, it's it. It's not the same but... at all. You guys can't do nothing. Fair use. Yep. Uh, anyway, big shooty space gun battle. This is the part of the Pow, book. Pow, pew, shoot, gun. This is the part of the book that I called the big gun zone, where I could <laughs> barely pay attention and times like these made me miss Monster Hunter International. Because at least then I was learning something about guns. Like, sure. I was actually learning something about real guns. Yeah. Like, like they, it was, they wouldn't stop talking about bullets and how many guns they were pulling out and firing. But, like, again, I learned something about a real practical thing, at least. This was literally just, the big guns fired. Yeah, the big guns saved us. Oh, man, we're so glad we have the big, big guns. The term big guns is used very often. It's uh, not, like, she's not overdoing it no. here. No. 
It's literally just like, and then they fired the big gun and the spaceship exploded three seconds later. And then they tried to dodge the other big guns from the other guys, but and one ship got exploded a little bit. Oh man, you can solve all your space problems with big guns, let me tell you. But we had the bigger guns and more of them, so therefore all the Archon ships exploded 12 seconds after we fired the big gun and they (sighs) ran away. Congratulations, we've won. Oh, and then after the battle's over, uh, they have this weird short exchange between... Uh, I forget, one of the admirals and someone else, and they're like, oh, man, all those people died. He's like, yep, I'll make sure everyone left alive gets a promotion. And I was like, <laughs> wait, you just get promoted if you survive a space battle? Like, everyone, the whole, sh- everyone, like, men, women, children, dogs. Immediate level up. Yeah, level up. That's how you level up. Survive a battle. Video game rules. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, it kind of sucks when you got killed and you missed the promotion, though. That's like a, honestly, that's kind of a double whammy on those people. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. This book is very... It's obviously also uh, based... All of this is like... They're talking about Earth, but it's really all American. Uh, One of the funny recurring themes in this book is how often the president calls. (laughs) Just calls up to say what a good job everyone's doing. And I'm like, doesn't the president have like a space force to deal with this? Yeah, supposedly you'd think that would be set up by now, but turns out... NASA, space force, no. No, it turns out they just call directly to the admiral and they're like, wow, that's such a cool thing. Glad you guys guys are doing such a good job, guys. So cool. It's so weird. I'll call you tomorrow to do the same thing. Yeah, it's the president's always calling and always being like, oh man, you guys so good and i'm like how would the president on earth know does he have like a live feed to space like what they're doing up there maybe he does i don't know but it's 2049 you gotta know what's going on up there yeah i guess you gotta keep tabs on space uh i don't know it's very a lot of this is very like stereotypical american stuff one of my one of the reasons like one of the the tips uh to tell you that this is definitely an american space mission is that you're on a ship and you're okay. So these people have signed up for a ten-year space mission. So they have written their lives away for fucking ten years to live in space. They've given up everything else on Earth, and uh, you still gotta pay for your food and drink. Yep. On, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, and, though, the uh, capitalist machine must turn. So you still have to pay for your food and drink, which is hilarious. And then you know what? If gravity fails while you're enjoying that stuff you just paid for, fuck you. Yeah, you just it's lost just, it. It's it gone. just goes. But everyone starts laughing about it. By the way, everyone starts laughing all the time after all the dialogue in here. It's like there's a fucking sitcom going on or something where there's no yeah, jokes happening. Yeah. That it's always like and someone said this and started laughing and then everyone else started laughing, starting to laugh. No one ever ends laughing. I think maybe there's some air problems on your ship if everyone's laughing all the time. I, we already know you guys don't know the proper amount of oxygen to have in general. It's very <laughs> true. Maybe too much oxygen on that ship. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, I don't know how much more I can say. Like, there, it's so, listen, ugh. that's that's it. David gets laid. They microwave Mars, and there's life on it. And then the big gun shooty, Rudy Tooty, special fruity. The president ha- calls a lot. Yeah, and, and everyone, thinks you're real cool. Everyone does a great job. The end. Uh. Oh, yeah, this was also very short. This was not I'm not wrong when I said the major conflict was which cool spaceship do we live on. Oh, yeah, that's for a couple pages. (laughs) The big battle happens out of the blue in like seven pages at the end. So the the conflict in the story is which cool spaceship do we live on? Well, that and also like, oh, is Mars really going to microwave right? Are we, is, it, is it gonna is it gonna burn our mouths or is it gonna be the perfect temperature? Yeah. And you know they get it to the oh, it's still cold in the middle. Uh, I mean that's literally what was happening. Yeah. They were like, no, it needs to be hotter and to melt these these ice lakes. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many layers of wrong with this. Can we fix it? I... I don't think, like, you you would have so. to wipe the whole slate clean. I mean... Start over. You would, all you would be able to keep is, like, terraforming or geo geoforming, right? I yeah. Forget. Uh, a planet and then finding that there was old life on it. But, like, that's, none of the that's science... That's happened in so many other... Like, you need yeah. another twist on that. Yeah. What else can you possibly keep from this? Yeah. the the whole the way sex and relationships work like but that's like a common theme in every fucking sci-fi thing there's always like yeah i'm reading the expanse and there's like a whole lot of like there's 10 parents to this one person kind of like yeah yeah it's i mean that's fine i'm not that, that's a rad way to live if you can live that way but that, it's a thing in sci-fi where it's like we yeah be, beyond the we fuck all the time in space yeah, that's not how that works, guys. I don't know why people think that, like, Space oh, fucking is great yeah, and freer and I, not at all a bigger mess of bodily fluid. Yeah, I, I don't understand the, the idea that, like, well, technology is advancing, therefore we're going to just, like, advance our way out of human emotions. I was like, I don't, guys, I don't know about that. I don't think that's how that works. I mean, that's, the expanse doesn't handle it that way either. It's just that we're, there are more def- definitions of things and there's a lot more polyamorous collectives. Ugh. There's one that's like a space, like the whole crew of the spaceship is kind of like in on this thing, and it's kind of interesting. They're like pi- there's like space pirates, and they're all like, they're, the 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 politics comes from the fact that some people are in the fuck group and some people aren't in the fuck group. Uh, it's not played up a whole lot, but it's just like this interesting little extra spice added in, the, uh, in there where it's like she just got she's the captain of this crew and the fuck group. And she has to maintain her professionalism with the, both the fuck group people and the non-fuck group people I because see. she's a space pirate and rank applies. Oh, all right. Well, I did want <laughs> to read. Expanse is all right. I, I did want to read the Expanse, but now I don't. So thanks. It's, it's kind of all right, honestly. It, it's definitely pulpy, though. I'm still, I'm still reading Malazan. I'm on book three now. Like actually making some some progress. Did you get to the thing with the 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 army? Uh, the frontliners of the army being ladies would that do a thing? No. Okay, then we'll put that away and you'll I mean, you'll know when you oh, get are we there. Getting, are we getting naked on a horse again? Um hmm, it's mm, uh, It's an idea for sure. Oh. That's I, we'll get we'll discuss it when you get there. Oh, I can't wait. Don't read Moon People too, though. We can't fix it. Oh yeah, so in terms of fixing this you book. You can't. Let's throw the whole thing in the garbage. I feel like okay, so the only way Maybe the asylum should pick this up. Okay. Because the asylum does dumb shit like this. Okay, but the, you would still need like a yeah, conflict yeah. plot for them to like be hokey around, That's right? That's true. You can't have a whole movie be wow, it's so cool we microwaved Mars. Which cool spaceship do we pick? A date and then a space battle. Like an out of the blue space battle that has no tension built up to it. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Yeah, I mean, I so I know that the uh, the CEO of the asylum and also the asylum itself, they both follow us on Twitter. So yeah, I guess if you're like, listening, hey make it consider. But you would have to really even punch this one up, y'all. Like, yeah, this, this is terrible. This is really this is, this would be a tough one. But I believe in you. I don't think that this isn't fixable. 
I mean, truthfully, I think it's garbage. It doesn't need to exist, but that's what I mean. I feel like, like that about a lot of things. We have the same thought here. Yeah, like, but not... I'm trying to be I'm trying to be charitable, but it's difficult to be charitable about. There's things. nothing in here that you could retain. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on our second expedition to the moon. Well, it was Mars this well, time. Well, did we? But like, who were the who were the moon people the first time? The Pauleans. They were no, it was that revealed was that it was like us moon. all along because they revealed the whole thing about Aston or whatever. Oh, no. I thought that only happened in this book. No, that was like the end of the first one uh, where they found that out. It was us. It was Earth all along. We are the moon people. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, <laughs> Dr. Zayas. Oh, wow. Yeah. That. So this was thankfully quite short. Um, next one is a bit longer. Uh, and a modern, the next one I'm reading is like a, a modern thriller? Yeah, yeah. It's Psychological a, thriller? Sure, yes. Yeah, it's we a haven't book done you would like pick this. up off of like a, a, a rack yeah. in a bookstore, or maybe airport. a grocery store or airport. Yeah. Uh, recommended to me by my partner. Yeah. And she might be joining us for this one. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be fun to read something that we, like a genre that we haven't done before. Um, yeah, so I don't think that we have any other Nope, no housekeeping updates. this time. No, nothing around. really. Just... We've got some plans for the, the December month. We'll see how that turns out. Can't confirm or deny everything just yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, we got some, we're trying to plan something special uh, for the end of the year. Like we usually try to do, you know, something interesting. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably be doing a bunch of pre-recording of episodes like we did last year so we can take a month off because, uh. We deserve it, frankly. Yes. <laughs> Such a good job this year. Uh, well, <laughs> year in review. No, no, dude. I'm So we're actually going to, uh, I think financially, we're going to either break even exactly or have like $5 in profit by the end of the year. Hell yeah. And I know that Let's sounds... buy some chicken nuggets. Oh, wait, you can't have those. So, um... Let's buy some, something we can both eat. French fries. <laughs> Three potatoes. <laughs> now, you can buy a lot of potato for five bucks. It's a whole bag, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But um, three really fancy potatoes. No, yeah. <laughs> but no, really. Uh, most shows uh don't even break even. Yeah. So, so thank you very yeah, much. Like honestly, patrons. that's I'm not. I, I I was being a little dismissive there, but I would gladly eat potatoes that I earned earned through the power of reading terrible books. <laughs> if that's my reward for it, fine. Like yeah. I'm down with that. I mean, we're... you can make so many French fries out of five dollars worth of potatoes. Yeah, I mean, we're I don't just... know why I'm hung up on the potatoes. I don't know, but now I want French fries. So <laughs> yes, what we're doing after this. Cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so patrons, uh, all of your donations that support have not been in vain. You've actually made this a successful show. Yeah, that's breaking crazy. even is successful. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know, and I know a lot of people would probably poo-poo that and be like, oh, whatever. But no, it's true. If you look at um statistics for for podcasts i mean it's it's dismal out there so many shows don't even i, I think it was like something like 70 percent of podcasts haven't put out a new episode in the last year or something because <laughs> people just create them and then stop doing it yes so absolutely. there's a there's a lot of them but not a lot of active ones that post regularly so um yeah i don't know thank you thank you all so much for making this just something fun that we can do and you know provide some entertainment for you and Chris and I get to hang out and uh, force ourselves to read bad books, which forces us to read good books. Yes. Turns and, out it does have that effect. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, Sina, 
Jakob, Torben, aka Duck King, Bobby Blackcat, Ayame, Jensina, Mayo Cat, and Elliot. Uh, if you too want to help support the show, I mean, you can join the Patreon. That's cool. Uh, you can join it at the dollar level, $5 or $10 a month. Uh, if you join it at the 5 or $10 a month tier, though, you get access to all of our like mystery science theater style um, audio tracks where we watch stuff with you. Um, and we also do video segments called Cerebral is Torture, where we do kind of like improv stuff where we try to create a book uh, concept out of random things that we pull out of hats. It's, it's quite fun. And you get to see us uh, and hear us at the same time, which I guess, you know, normally you can't Some do. Some people like that. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if you're unwilling or unable to contribute financially, you can always just leave us a review on the platform of your choice doesn't have to be itunes you can share episodes and links to the show on social media or tell a friend like honestly sharing the episode is really helpful like if you do it on twitter or facebook or instagram uh those are all good platforms um lastly you can listen to the show on the radio public app and i actually noticed a lot of people doing that lately so thank you i don't know who's doing it but thank you um if you if you listen to the show on the radio public app which is free it passively generates income for the show. So we get two cents for every play. And if you listen to three episodes in a row, we get an extra dollar bonus on top of that. It's called like a loyal listener bonus. So um, you can download this free app, listen to three episodes in a row and give us like a dollar six. And then you can delete the app and never do it again if you don't want. Or you can just use the radio public app to listen to podcasts. I use it. Um, it has almost every podcast you can think of on there. And I really like it. I'm, I think I'm also partial to Radio Public because they, they also host our website. They're they're local to us. They're, they're located actually within walking distance of my home, weirdly. Um, so, go knock on the door if something goes wrong. I know. I've, I've been there. I've been to their <laughs> office before. I was <laughs> banging on the, the no, wall. No. Let me in. <laughs> I got more ideas. No. Um, but they're, they've just been extremely kind and helpful. Um, like I said, they made our website. I'm not being I'm not being paid to say any of this. I just genuinely really think they're a great platform. And if if you yourself are looking for a website for your podcast, you should consider them because it's very inexpensive and the website looks pretty fucking good. If you've been to terriblebookclub.com, you have seen that magic. Uh, Didn't plan on going on that spiel, but, you know, here we are. Um, You know, and lastly, we love hearing from you. We've actually gotten a couple of emails recently. I mentioned at the top of the show. All right. (laughs) So bring that one back around. Yeah, we've gotten a lot more emails recently. So thank you for reaching out. Um, I do love reading and we i know we don't always uh we may not always respond to all of your emails um i we try to but i sometimes honestly will read it and be like at work and then get distracted and forget um because my job that pays me more money is you know obviously like a little bit priority you know or uh, you know sorry but um I think there's actually one person that I, need to, I still need to respond to that left an email with a suggestion in it. We've gotten some suggestions lately. Um, we've also gotten... Uh, there's this one guy who has emailed us twice now. He emailed us like two years ago or a year ago and then he emailed us again. But his book... He, and it's a self-submission, which is like... I don't know. Yeah, I don't love those. Yeah, I mean, we've done it before, but it was... A long time That's kind ago. of what put a bad taste in my mouth about it. Yeah, and and also the book is like nearly eight hundred pages, so I don't know. That yeah, we that's would honestly to that. like anything beyond three hundred pages takes like some uh, consideration of whether yeah. we think we can swallow that whole thing into it. I mean, well, we have read longer books before, it's but, just but after less we had fun and <sighs> like yeah, well, after we had done that a few times, after reading several like four four hundred, six hundred, eight hundred page books, we were like this isn't sustainable to put out an episode every two weeks because we weren't on a bi-weekly schedule for a, we, were, we were just doing it kind of whenever but i being on a schedule is better for everyone so in order to stick to that schedule and produce reliable content of quality it's really tough for us to incorporate longer books um we can do it 
but it's hard because then I have to shuffle around the order and we have to do like a bunch of like short like short stories or poems or kids books or something like around you know to pad around the, the all the time it's going to take to read that huge book so anyway I also I don't know I don't know how I feel about the self-submission um I think I might just maybe read some selections from the book and then we'll make a decision about it for next year yeah um but otherwise we got this really weird email from this was the favorite one uh we got an email from like the all right so there's a there's a child who's i think like nine or something and then the child has a parent who has an agent and that agent is now also representing the child and they want they want to do like a a cross promotion thing where like we read a book on the child show and the child and i was like the child comes on our show yeah and i was like y'all have you listened to this this fucking show at all somewhere i would invite a nine-year-old no i think I think obviously the agent just did like an email blast out to any show that had book in the title or something, but maybe listen to the shows before you send out. An you email? can't listen to every podcast. No, but like but look at a synopsis. Ti- yeah, when the title is "Terrible Book Club," I don't know. I mean that ne- that wouldn't necessarily mean it's it's like not safe. For you work, yeah, you just got to read like two or three episode descriptions. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get why this per- I mean this person clearly like I said you know just we blindly. should reach out to other podcasts with book in the name that we know like <sighs> I don't know anybody who has a child friendly podcast well no that, I'm not saying to, to to see if they also got the email oh oh yeah like, I know a bunch I mean books, we're beards, in, booze yeah we're in that literary podcasters group there's a bunch of us like yeah. oh no lit class I can ask Megan Matt and Tariq's uh, terrible book club which we oh, share they, sort they of. died a long time ago oh they're done okay oh well, yeah sorry. dude it's one of the many fallen podcasts <laughs> and I was like that serves you right <laughs> well no they're fine they're nice they were nice no, they no, gave they, us the, they the, the Instagram don't they shit on them no they were nice I was just a little part of me was spiteful uh, <laughs> sorry no it's true they were cool um but anyway, we love hearing from you, so please reach out to us, unless you are a nine-year-old looking to be on our show, because that doesn't make sense. I mean, like, I'm not averse to it, but our show, I don't think I could not swear for that long. I can. I'm, I work oh. around children a lot, so yeah, I've developed true. the don't swear gland. Oh, that I just, don't like, have really, that. I, yeah, I, it kind of happens naturally, honestly, just to, so you don't get in trouble at work. Right. So. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know what we... I mean, unless the child was like, this book sucked. And we'd be like, yeah, kid, let's show this book together. That might be fun. But I don't think. Sure. I don't, I don't think that they realize. Depends on the nine. No, nine year olds can. Yeah, yeah. They, they're cognizant of things that are going on around them. No, I, I was going to say, I don't think. But I don't think this the, person that emailed yeah. us realizes really. Yeah. No, I've I've met a nine year old or two that I could like have a conversation with. Yeah. Yeah. That's not just like random kid stuff. Like, can I tell you something? Uh, I had breakfast today. Which is a thing that children have told me in the middle of a guitar lesson, just letting me wait, know. Wait, wait, what? No, you'll be like teaching them, like, okay, you got to put your finger here or something. They'll be, okay, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah, what's up, Helen? And they'll be like, oh, I, we had we had eggs for breakfast. <laughs> that's that's some Dale Courtney shit right there. I, it's like a five year old, like you know, it's yeah. gonna. But I, I'm not gonna be like, ah, you, you dumb kid. You, oh. I don't care what you had for breakfast. Play the guitar. <laughs> Yeah, but, no, that's but, true. Like, but children, especially younger ones, just need to tell you something a lot of the time. Oh, and not around children. Usually, right it's inconsequential to because uh, it's not even an interesting breakfast, and they don't even if it is an interesting breakfast, they don't really get into it. So, yeah, see, I don't spend any time around children, and when I am around children, they make me nervous because I'm always afraid that they're gonna like 
injure themselves in my presence and then I will be blamed even though I have nothing to do with it. I don't know why I have this like irrational fear. Yeah, that won't happen. You're fine. Uh, but my, my boss has twins and she brings them to the office sometimes and they're um, they're fraternal twins. They're actually, they're very different even though they look very similar. And uh, one of them is like really introverted uh, and the other one is like really outgoing. The introverted one likes to just like pick up things and give them to me and i'm like okay cool and one day he just wanted to pick up all the dog toys that were in the office because we have we allow dogs in the office sometimes and so he's just like handing me slobbery dog bones and i'm just like have to accept it because i'm like i can't reject this no, he's messing child. with you dude that child is like playing he just like he no. likes to hand you things and see if you'll take them they're only two they're, i don't think a two-year-old is messing with me they can play some games and he'll just like Pick up, he'll like stare he'll like make eye contact with me pick up a stapler from another desk and then just walk over to me and hand it to me and I'm like you always try to be nice so he's, weird he's, he's like oh you're doing you're an office thing and staplers are yeah. things that office people need uh, yeah office here people, you go yeah. nice office lady that's, Paris that's funny <laughs> I know one of them the other uh, one of them like ran away from me screaming once because this is I don't know the kids are weird turned like, a they, corner yeah, too quick like, ah! yeah they, they don't know uh, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, that was a long story to say that I just I'm not comfortable around children. <laughs> yeah, I don't they, like they them. They can be a little weird. I don't like them. All right. Well, with that, yeah, reach out to us on social media platforms. Tell us your I'm uncomfortable around children stories. <laughs> yeah, we'll share them <laughs> next time. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see you in two weeks. We hope uh, you don't go to the moon. Yeah, don't go. Don't don't leave Mars in the microwave too long. It's gonna get overdone, and you're gonna burn all the. <laughs> animals and plants that were there oh my god i have a nice wait chris if if that microwave beam was only 100 to 200 microwaves if there are that many microwaves in like a department store if we just turn them all on simultaneously <laughs> we'll save mars <laughs> we'll save mars sorry we just gotta make sure we're pointing them all at mars oh yeah what if, okay do it. okay here's my idea all right so we get all the microwaves <laughs> we can get and we we make a circle around the department store outside so i run all these extension cords Turn them all on at once and then blow out the transformer on the block. Yeah, that's not a play that you just want to cause a blackout instead of microwave bars. No, microwave. Or you want to like make the Earth's core spin faster so we get more oxygen. Yes, that's my goal. Okay. All the oxygen. Cool. So we'll all have superpowers. Oxygen, I'm the newest villain. <laughs> Power Rangers villain. Oh, it sounds like the worst cousin to Orangina. Like the, the, the drink that's just empty. <laughs> You good there? Did I want to make you spit take on my microphone? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't though. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, God. I didn't spit. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. Fuck me. All right, with that, bye, oh, Paris. Fuck.